Hi guys, Jilly here. Um, before we dive into this week's episode, I just want to throw in a little, um, what I guess the kids call these days, a trigger warning. Um, we don't intend to make this a regular thing. We want to we want to strike the balance between being free and easy with how we speak, but also being respectful of our listenership. Um, as small as it is right now, but we understand that there's some things that we're going to talk about that might be a little bit upsetting. Nothing too crazy. Um, and we definitely don't want to patronise anyone that's listening or suggest, like, make some kind of weird suggestion um, what you should or shouldn't be listening to um, and make a judgment on your mental state. That's not what we want, what we want to do. But we realise that we can't talk about things like grooming, like child abuse, like certain allegations without at least giving you a heads up that that's going to be in the episode. So that's what I'm doing. Just letting you guys know there is a little bit at the end that's um, that we thought was best to be descriptive about it, just uh, in the interest of transparency, really, um, and because we think it's important for these th- things to be spoken about. Um, so, but for the most part, we we try and keep it as kind of lighthearted um, as we possibly can, and we we hope you enjoy it either way. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Welcome back to Music Sounds Better with Two. I'm Jilly. I'm Nat. And thanks for joining us. Thanks for coming back for yet another instalment of Jilly and Natalie slowly lose their minds and decide <laughs> An- to broadcast it to another the world. helping. Even though we gave them three hours of Blink One Eight Two last week, <laughs> you got a double helping last week. You I did. hope you. Because I couldn't. I couldn't stop myself. I like for labour. Yeah, I literally couldn't stop myself, and I'm sorry. <laughs> We're not sorry. Uh, so yeah, we we've had an interesting week. Um, not maybe the kind of feedback we were expecting to get after weeks of Natalie pleading for people to slide into our DMs. We kind of we had some sliding action. It wasn't necessarily it's not the DMs because your DMs is your private message. Yeah. Right? So this this well, was this was a PDA, if you will. It was a public display of affection. Nice. It was. I mean. <laughs> It shows you how often my DMs are infiltrated. <laughs> that I need to clarify that it's definitely a private message. Oh, God. Um, uh, no, so yeah, some interesting um, mm-hmm. Instagram action. So yeah. Natalie, as you know, last week she had compared the dulcet tones of Mark Coppice to a lovely bedtime beverage called Horlicks. Yeah. Uh, so she she told Instagram that, that that had happened and and I it really tickled me because it's the <laughs> idea that you know we could spend three hours doing a podcast episode on punk or pop punk um, and then you know Horlicks being the <laughs> one of the things that we talked about the idea that, that we could get a potential sponsorship from a bedtime beverage when we'd spent three hours talking about pop punk really tickled me. I just so think I there's nothing more appropriate. Comment about that. <laughs> um, and Horlicks official Instagram left us a little comment with about five eye emojis that I yeah. love. I use eye emojis all the time me when too, I'm being too. silly and cheeky. Um, so I defended myself very quickly. And the upshot of this whole situation is that <laughs> Horlicks are sending me some stuff. And <laughs> dude, 
Dude, can we like please like record like an unboxing where you like <laughs> unbox like you unbox like the merch and be like, hey, this is what came in my package today. I'm and like so delighted. It's so like, delighted. There is no tea, no shade. Uh, literally no, no tea, because I'm no. having a nice Horlicks latte. Exactly, exactly. Um we're so delighted that you're sending us some stuff guys and yeah. um, thank you Horlicks the unofficial official <laughs> yeah absolutely the unofficial official yeah we'll make that very clear where we don't know where do you know as with all relationships at the beginning we don't know fully where we stand with them yet no I mean like I'm no. I'm like zero to 60 desperation like please sponsor us <laughs> with just anyone that listens to me for like more than two like seconds. Like Horlicks, what are we to each other right now? What's I'm going on? Let us know. But yeah. Are we just DM official? Yeah, like are we just seeing each other? Are we seeing how it goes? Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're pretty delighted by that. Um, but guys, how have you been? Tell us. Let us know what you've been up to, what music has been yes. keeping you sane. I must say that recording today is getting in the way of me potentially watching a live stream of, of Mogwai. Um, oh, okay. A, wow. That's like, a, that, yeah. that shows like our love for each other and for the podcast. You're like sacrificing that for this. Yeah. I had some had some friends alerting me, which I already knew about it, that they're doing a um, streaming of some songs from their new album tonight. Which nice. I think they recorded in the tramway in Glasgow. Oh, cool! Little bit gutted that I won't be watching that, but I, the upshot, the upside of it is I'm spending some time with my favourite person, Aww, one of my nice. favourite people in the world. I know, and I've, I've been really, I've been really cheered up today because like I, um, I was on night shift last night and I haven't worked night shift in a really long time, and um, I had like a really crap sleep, and I woke up to not only record an episode with my favourite person. But also some beautiful Nelly and Kelly inspired fan mail yes. from my pal Spiz. Love it. It's so Shout amazing. Although when I, I I actually had a nap of my own and I woke up and was very confused to see the the front cover of the card and I'm like, has she had that created like via Moonpeg or something? <laughs> yeah. Not spot, definitely not sponsored by Moonpeg. They've not sent us any like stuff in the post. But, but Moonpeg, you know, if you want to sponsor us, you know yeah, the you drill. Can. You know the drill. By I now. was like, is that something she's had made up for us, or does this <laughs> literally exist on the market? <laughs> like a card that references the XL incident? She's that de- would she's, be a thing. Yeah, she's definitely found the gap in the in the market. Like, please mass yeah, produce that needs these. To exist. Mass produce these. On yeah, Atlanta. so. The, the best Galentine's Day card we could have ever wished for. Yeah. Um, Natalie sent me a Galentine's Day card as well <laughs> with a picture of Guy Fieri's face on it. Is it Fieri? Fieri? Yeah, yeah I would say Fieri. Let's pull the whole thing off. Yeah. yeah. Guy Fieri, man. Like. Yeah, the front of the card said, I'd take you down to Flavortown. <laughs> Please with that. <laughs> I'm honestly... That's the only... I can't that's get the only up. Valentine's Day card I received this year. I'm all right with that's that. That's the only one you need. That's the one for me and oh, Guy Fieri. Absolutely. Taking you to Flavor Town, possibly Flavor City. Well, we're not taking you to Flavor Town or Flavor City. We are taking you somewhere this week that you may or may not want to go. Um, Natalie and I had been discussing the prospect of doing a couple of episodes covering um, boy bands and girl bands um, from the late yeah. 90s, early 2000s. 
Um, I can't believe it took us four episodes to get there. But <laughs> I know, right? We to kind of, yeah, we, we literally discussed my awakening about... before we yeah, talked about we Girl Wives and Boys. Get that out of the way, <laughs> and then we can move forward to yeah things that don't involve you know your awakening. But, <laughs> but we enjoyed the awakening, though. Um, so we looked at. Natalie said, you know, why don't we do girl bands first? You know, we had a lot of testosterone last week. And then at some point, um, the amazing documentary that YouTube released um, about, I guess, how many years ago? This is back in 2009. Was it that long ago? Yeah, it's like... Oh, my God. Let me check. Let me fact check this. Look, we've got fact checks within seconds. No, it was 2019. (laughs) (laughs) quite recent like no because i was like i'm pretty sure like this all came out like not that long ago fairly recently fairly recently lockdown really be affecting our like sense of space and time <laughs> absolutely because i like like i literally i opened all those cards like because i got a couple of galatine's cards today for shout, shout out to the people making it rain galatine's day yeah. cards girl yeah thank you like um from from carrie and from spaz thank you so much because i opened them because i thought today was valentine's day yeah. and i'm like nope just skipped a whole day <laughs> 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 nope definitely February nope. 13th as we record although this may be uploaded on Valentine's Day for a little yeah. treat again I'm saying the word treats so we, we remembered this documentary yeah, um, yeah I don't think either of us fully remembered no exactly the direction that it goes in no not at but all we are we are covering the boy band con the Lou Perlman story yeah. a Lance Bass production yeah that sentence Crazy. Say no more. Yeah, crazy. Because I, I remember watching this the first time with you, like at, at your house, and then uh, you did. We, we watched it together. We watched wow. this together the first time, and because, and then when I watched it again, like for this episode, I literally remembered about one percent. You remembered <laughs> needing somebody there to hold your hand through the yeah. horror of it. I also yeah, was like, fair enough. And I was also like, what were me and Julie like actually like? talking about through this documentary where we like missed like 90 percent human we didn't talk about much at the end of it we we're probably sitting in awed silence yeah I think but anyway so. guys yeah, yeah let's um let's enjoy the it. episode let's get into it yeah man so the boy band con the lou perlman story where to begin Oh, where to begin in my <laughs> where to begin in my six sides of a four note taking, which Dude, I'm pretty sure insane. I never did in a day's work when I was writing no. my dissertation. Me, I have a three thousand um, more days due, like in a few okay. weeks, and I haven't started any of it. But I have wrote extent <laughs> like an extensive page of notes on like one segment from this documentary, and I hate myself. <laughs> so, yeah, let's go in- get into it. So. Obviously, we know what happens as the whole thing progresses. Um, yeah. It does take a kind of turn for the worse. It goes in a bit of a, a dark turn. But I think the approach that we want to take here is just to just to talk about it as if... Watching it with fresh eyes. Not as if we, yeah. we don't know, but just to take you, to lead you through, listeners, um, yeah. portion by portion, just sense. what on earth is the deal here. Yeah. It opens fairly ambiguously. 
with some sort of recognizable talking heads such as AJ from the Backstreet Boys, uh, Lance from NSYNC, as well as some quite indignant older ladies who I kind mm-hmm. of initially assumed to be the mothers or grandmothers, um, presumably <laughs> of the bands in question. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to tangle with them, I wouldn't have thought. No, no, no. Um, However, Lance Bass's mum seems so sweet. Mm-hmm. She seems adorable. She's so sweet. She has the most <laughs> southern accent of all it's time. So and cute. Oh. I keep expecting her to offer me some sweet tea and sweet I would be tea, accepting right? it. Oh. Yeah. She's very much the, the sweet tea of the piece. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, we've got some talking heads speaking about how shocked and, and or saddened they are by Mr. Perlman's behavior. Uh, the behavior itself isn't named outright in the intro. We can guess no. what it might be given the title of the doc and yeah. given how corrupt the music industry is. Yeah, but... the pop machine. We're going we're going deep into the dark, horrible we're underbelly coming... pop machine. We absolutely are coming for the pop machine, definitely. Um, what we do get is a shot of what looks like a desk of a private eyes office. <laughs> that's that's, that's kind of where we open with the transcript yeah. of various phone call interviews with Lou. Yeah. It's almost like I feel like Watergate <laughs> scandal. Like it's crazy. It's like, <laughs> like what's this? I'm watching. It's so good. No, it's so intense from like the oh, opening shots. It's brilliant. But also like it looks so like a C got... but it looks like a CG'd office. Is it? Like right. I, to me it doesn't look real, but I don't know. I need to I need, I need to like go back I just borrowed it. some footage from yeah. <laughs> Watergate Case or something. <laughs> I'm saying that like I've seen an episode of Cold Case. It may even be cold cases, might even be plural, I'm not sure. If we but created that's another first thing that came to mind. Have we created another Mandala effect right now? We might have done. <laughs> I think we have. At least I'm going recent and not saying something like, you know, Morse or <laughs> some other detective. But that's true, that's true. It's not Inspector Morse. It's not any of those. No. It's, um, yeah, transcripts of various phone call interviews with yeah. Lou um, where he comes up with the usual lines that immediately scream, I'm guilty. Yeah. Such as, no. Such as, he, he, he hits out with this fabulous quote. For those that believe, no explanation is needed. And for those who do not believe, no explanation will ever be enough. Natalie Duffy, do you know, for 10 points, who he's quoting? Yoda. (laughs) (laughs) I was so convoluted. I wish it had been Yoda. Brilliant. It was Yoda. It's honestly so convoluted and like so like those crazy like nonsensical like analogies that make no sense i have absolutely no idea well i'm here to tell you this is made even better by the fact that you were raised a catholic right yes i was i was so he's quoting saint thomas aquinas oh okay who was uh, an italian catholic priest and philosopher and responsible for a lot of um kind of thought that is still reflected today within Roman Catholicism, within Protestantism as well, actually. I mean, wow, I'm there Catholic, you go. But there you ha- go. have, you know, big love for Catholic communities. Um, I hate kind of organised religion and the yeah. stuff that comes along with that, but I admire people that have faith. I have faith myself. So mm-hmm. I went on a bit of a Thomas Aquinas deep Why not? Like, totally, I have, like... Within three seconds of the documentary, <laughs> and that was not what I was expecting to I do. Mean, I'm, like, such a fat atheist now, but I respect people that have, 
like faith yeah. and beliefs like love it love it all I'm yeah, showing, showing how much of a bad how much of a bad Catholic I am by saying that it was Yoda <laughs> and not Thomas <laughs> Aquinas. That's so amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's who he quotes, and the fact that he quotes um, that's so interesting. Aquinas, you know, gets weirder the more you go on, but we'll we'll keep yeah. that under wraps. So, like now. now that I I know what I know, that's crazy. Mm. That's, wow. Wow. So yeah, ended up listening to a Radio 4 podcast with Melvin Bragg, Bragg talking do. about Thomas Aquinas for about an hour and a half. That was good. Love it. Um, I love it when like, I love it when like things that we do in an episode just send you down like a totally like different train. Oh, first for knowledge. Yeah, yeah, but it somehow ends up taking you back to the destination that you wanted anyway. Like it's so good. Mm. So Or does yeah. it? <laughs> Can neither confirm nor deny. But um, <laughs> From Thomas Aquinas to hordes of screaming teenage girls. Mm. Quite the segue. Yeah. Let's play a clip, shall we? Let's do it. Let's get into it. Dirty pop. Well, the boy band craze to me was just this amazing time in history that changed everything. Sick and of hearing all these people talk about. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the Backstreet Boys. One of the hottest bands out there. I think they're called NSYNC. What's the deal with this pop life and when is it gonna fade out? Throughout pop culture history, there's always got to be something for 12-year-old girls to like scream their puberty out to. I mean, for me, it was X Files and Chandler from Friends, but yeah, like I'm, I'm sorry, but like I'm 28 and I would still scream at NSYNC. <laughs> I went to I went to Backstreet Boys like two years ago, and I I screamed myself hoarse. Yeah, I, as as we kind of covered last week, I, I never I loved pop music so yeah. much, the girls and the boys, but yeah. um. That wasn't where my hormones were necessarily screamed out to. I just, I no. just enjoyed the music. No, but exactly. I get that that's yeah. obviously a thing. Be, it's been a thing since yeah. the Beatles, no, totally. since Stones. Yeah, continues to be a thing. Yeah, we we know where my hormones were screamed out at from last week, so I won't continue. But- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. A million records a week, though. That's insane. These bands were selling, no matter yeah. what your opinion on boy bands or the pop machine is. You know, those kind of figures, to me, when they involve actual human lives and human interests demand attention, you know, what's the appeal? Yeah. How far are yeah. producers willing to go to maintain that sort of income? Yeah. Because it's about maintaining yeah. it. It's, you know, it's easy to you yeah. have a one-hit wonder. Mm-hmm. You know, you can make a buck off that. but. Yeah to keep the trajectory going yeah you do wonder whether people with not as many scruples as they should have you wonder how that money's being made and and what they're kind of yeah like from the very beginning you just get like a little exploitative flavor definitely and like yeah and like I love that um, Dirty Pop is playing in the background because that song is honestly. I knew you would get so excited good. when you heard that. It's so good. Yeah, it's, it's I think it's one of the best like kind of self-referential like pop songs ever made. Yeah, definitely. It's so the lyrics are great. Yeah. Unofficial. Um, by the way, why did why do documentaries still do that thing where they have multiple talking heads saying the same name but like different? <laughs> 
So they, they call, yeah. they start saying Lou Perlman, Lou yeah. Perlman, Lewis Perlman. I think yeah. like AJ actually says his full name with his middle initial, like he's, he's going through bank security or something. Like, like, was so it, do you know what I think it is? I think it's like, you know how when you're doing an essay and you've used the same mm. word too many times, so you like thesaurus it. I think they have to like thesaurus the names. This is the documentary's <laughs> version of padding it out, and it doesn't need padding out. No. Like, there's loads to say on there's him, but yeah. Um, so they, yeah. they give us nice little shots of everybody t- making sure you know what his name is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the documentary, it doesn't open with any of the, the Backstreet Boys or any of the members from NSYNC. Mm. The documentary opens after the crazy intro yeah. with Ashley Parker Angel from O Town. Yeah, <laughs> he's describing his first encounter with Lou Perlman. Yeah, where he confesses to following and following him into a public toilet to instigate a conversation with him. Yes, I mean, I would love to tell you that's the most questionable thing he was responsible for. True. Now, before we started recording, we had a little kind of chat, and I'm going, oh, town, oh, town. I turned into AJ. I was saying, oh, town, oh, town. <laughs> you were like, um, I, I, were you using the full name, like, for some reason, like, you know what the O is for? I don't know what the O is for, and oh, I, by no. the way, I don't think I want to, no, because <laughs> my outstanding memory of O-Town is a little song which Natalie's confessed hadn't heard before. I had no, I had to oh. Google the I had to Google the guy. I'd never heard of him. This Ash, Liquid Ashley. Dreams. That doesn't make me feel very good. We're gonna we're gonna play a clip of Liquid Dreams. I hope you're ready. I haven't seen this before and now I'm scared. This is the chorus. Enjoy. Opinions? Well, my thoughts, T H O T, by the way, because they're clearly having some thoughty thoughts. They're having thoughty you. thoughts. The title of the song tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. Um, most but, kind of distressing part is that they appear to be taking bits of bits of women, women and putting them together, and that and that's how they that's how they get their dreams. Yeah. So, so literally making like a voodoo doll woman. <laughs> like the the magazine clipping crying magazines from like episode one like mm-hmm. a, creepier, a creepier version of that where you like cut mm-hmm. out like women's like body parts and like mm. so moving swiftly on that that exists that was a thing that weirds me out more than in him following lou into the the toilet to speak to him it really does because see to be fair right see when you're like young and you're like a total like fan of someone or something that is something mm-hmm. that probably that is something that probably like would happen, which is crazy. Like, are you opening up to me about something no. right now? Or <laughs> no? See, right, I had that exact opposite reaction. Like, so whenever mm. I see a famous person, I like you avoid them. I on purpose like look at them and then go, "Oh my god, that's and like, then look away." Person. And then look away yeah. and I like run away from them. Classic. Like done it so many times. Looking and looking away. Yeah. yeah, because I'm like I don't yeah, really, like yeah. disturb them going about their life. Like it must be so annoying. Like you know. 
So I just kind of like leave them alone. I'm like, oh God. Yeah, quite, and quite rightly. So yeah. Ashley Parker Angel doesn't do that. Hmm. Um, and it tells you about some other boys that, that didn't refuse to instigate conversations with him. Um, so we get Lou's introduction, you know, people mm-hmm. start describing him, telling you about his life, what he was responsible for, what his link is to the boy bands that we're talking about. Yep. Um, and one guy describes him as an unlikely producer type. He describes him as fleshy and cherubic. I don't want anyone to describe me as fleshy and or cherubic. I don't like... think anybody <laughs> should be getting described as, well... Why, but See, why are those two things together? Cherubic, cherubic well, they're me. trying to say that he's kind of rotund, like a kind of Alfred yeah. character where he was known for, you know, kind of being overweight, being kind yeah. of like, cherubic is like, you know, those kind of fat little cherubs and you can no, kind of squeeze mean, like, We're getting back to St. Thomas Aquinas no, here, which I'm is saying quite is, but... Cherubic gives me images of like, kind of like innocence. Which, yeah, which, again... Mm, <laughs> But, uh, you know, so so they're describing yeah. him like that. And I'm like, statements like that are part of the problem. I don't care what people look like. No. He's probably been told that he's fleshy and cherubic, but not in those words. Like, no. well, I'm sure other teenage boys don't use words as kind no. of diplomatic as that. No. Um Totally. Tell me about his personality. I, I don't. I'm not interested but in what he looks like and whether he looks like an atypical music no. producer. So that annoyed me. No, that's the thing with the pop machine, though. Like the whole thing with the pop machine is just like image, 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 image. consultants left, image. right, and center. Exactly, exactly, insane. Yeah. Mm. So horrible. Disgusting. Yeah, we have that description of him first of all, and and then we we see him starting to have connections with the boy bands um he's he's putting things together he's he's becoming their manager their yep. friend um he invites them all over to um i guess is it his house it's or like a, yeah it's like an estate i guess almost it's estate. Like, yeah, yeah it's like a Orlando. massive mansion with like pools and loads of ugh, everything and he has what are called boy band parties mm-hmm I started to get nervous. Um, no, I started to get nervous. At this point. I started to get nervous when he, he said what the fridge was filled with. Oh, go on, <laughs> tell us. It was like the fridge was always. He said like the fridge was always stocked with like apple juice and yoo-hoos or something. Yoo-hoo. And I was like, oh no. is immediately a, a trigger. That's like a kind of key thing that like questionable sh- people might have. Yeah, in that's like a little kiddie. Have... That's like a little kiddie drink. And I'm like, oh god, yeah, like these, yeah, because these boys were like 15, like and stuff. Mm. Like they were so young, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like yoo-hoos? yeah, it's strange. I think leaving oh. Neverland since seeing that, it's mm. left like a right mark on me in the way that I interpret these kinds of situations Um, I feel like it let I feel like it makes you like oh that's not quite right like we like we way earlier than it would have Mm. if you hadn't seen normally would yeah yeah definitely um you see a lot of shots of them with the kind of gadgets and cars which he seems to be using to curry the favor of the boys to get their attention their friendship 
uh, I already feel gross even just talking about this, but it, it's kind of presented like there's no sinister music in the documentary to tell you it's something, that something's untoward. No. The talking heads are talking about it very favourably at this stage. Yeah. There's nothing to suggest that this is the route the documentary's no. going. So you're kind of like, right, am I just coming to, le- coming to this with those feelings because of stuff that's come out in recent yeah. years? That, that's it's what I felt at the time. Possible. Yeah, uh, that's so what I'm I felt. Deciding- when I, was I made a decision really early on to just give the guy and give the whole thing the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, uh-huh, because I couldn't remember anything from yeah, the first time. Yeah, didn't biased from yeah. one go. Yeah, totally. I agree. Um, but then you do get, I think Lance starts to kind of, he talks about it, he's sitting with his mom and in the deep south somewhere. His adorable um, mum who's yeah. kept like all of his fan mail and merch and stuff. Yeah, I'm like, oh yeah. my gosh, you're an adorable. Mums, am I right? So oh. they're sitting talking and you can hear that there's a kind of tone of sadness and that they're recalling um some memories that are kind of potentially difficult for them to talk about. And it really made me think about how I've always hated when people in documentaries or in real life uh, recall difficult memories and they talk in the second person. And I know that it's done as a distancing, like a self-preservation kind of method. Um, But it's always really annoyed me. And that is until I started doing it myself in therapy. Yeah. And And then you're like, oh, now I can no longer get annoyed by it because I do. It's funny, that's, you know, it's funny how, like, when when you, so so maybe when you, even though we don't remember watching this documentary the first time, by the way, mm-hmm. but, like, maybe when you watched that the first time, you totally had that reaction, and then now, because things have changed or whatever, like, you see that mm-hmm. in a different way now, you know? Oh, to- no, I totally do. I was like, I understand yeah. completely why you're talking in the second person right yeah. now, because it, it is, like, you immediately yeah. feel like there's a barrier between, um yourself and the, the yeah, thing that you're recalling you it's, yeah. it's so interesting how you do it without even actually thinking about it it's um yes yeah. yeah it's fascinating it's not an affectation it's something that literally you start to do it start to kind of distance yourself yeah. really interesting yeah um <laughs> there is a kind of quote that i really like somewhere here as well about they describe orlando where lose based being like hollywood but affordable yeah take that note right down I've actually got that quote right here because I was like yeah that just makes it sound so bad like like oh I don't know it's weird to us living in the UK because Orlando like that's not a cheap holiday for anybody it's so expensive like to do Mm. the Disney parks and the um Universal and so expensive like I did it when I was like 19 with like uh, my boyfriend and his family and it was like mm. so much fun but it was so expensive like it was such an expensive trip and so I'm like expensive I'm sorry this is affordable Hollywood like okay <laughs> yeah it's, it's such a weird quote um that's only maybe gonna sound weird to yeah you know to us I've literally so I've taken note on Hollywood you can afford that's what I know it says nice. and, then, and then underneath it in all caps it was in Orlando because they just keep mentioning they just keep coming up like <laughs> like they mention Orlando about five times in the same it's the same as the Lou Perlman thing with the different names they just keep saying Orlando like over and over and I'm like whoa what is going on here <laughs> honest <laughs> to goodness it is <sighs> weird sometimes the stuff gets that gets repeated <laughs> um but, yeah so they start to tell us about how Lou made his money initially yeah 
uh, which right. was through aviation. Yes. So this is how his, the, his paths were crossed with the music industry. So he started yeah. out fitting private jets for pop stars, um, like New Kids on the Block. Actually, the narrator of the footage telling this part of the story mm-hmm. um, calls them uh, the rock star. <laughs> there were rock stars at um, New Kids on the Block <laughs> and that really really made me laugh oh my gosh like I mean would you describe New Kids on the Block as rock stars ever in your no. life no <laughs> pop that's fine definitely pop yeah um, but, but like, do you think that's like when older people like try and get down with the kids and they just say yes. totally the wrong thing yes that's exactly <laughs> what that smacked of. I didn't want to say it. I didn't even want to use Sorry. the phrase older person because after the trauma of watching kids reacting to oh. Blink-182 videos last week, we're not, we are now older, older people. Yeah, we are older people. You're the ones going to be going, those rock stars, like, yeah. insert current band name here. Billie Eilish. Stars. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's probably about right. <laughs> So whether the rock stars or pop stars, um, Lou, when he comes across these people, cannot understand how the young kids in these bands mm-hmm. um, can afford their own planes. Yeah. So when he's told how much they're making, he realizes aviation was a big career mistake. Mm. Um, there's dollar signs coming up in his eyes. Yeah. He's, um, so make, passion for making money um passion for making music rather no passion for making money yes yeah ding 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 yep those dollars be piling up baby yeah this is where it becomes impossible to deny that the pop music industry is essentially a black soulless void um i'll never fight anyone over that no it's so bad and Um, we 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 got wrapped up in the machine unknowingly and it's too late for us mm And at least we're well I'm in therapy now. <laughs> no, not because of that, but <laughs> oh man. Um, being part of the machine. But what I will fight people over is the, the genuine, you know, talent and passion and drive of course, and personality of, of, the, of a lot of the kids auditioning to be in yeah. these bands. So talented. Um, like yeah, yeah, see people that like rag on the whole like pop band thing. I'm like, do you know how hard it is to like choreographed dance routine sing like so much work goes into the shows so much work goes into like rehearsing it's insane Mm -hmm. yeah um and actually add to that the amazing feats of humanity um are almost impossible to repress or kill even though they go through you know mass exploitation and psychological trauma Mm -hmm. a lot of them still manage to remain really hard working really professional yeah you know so respect total respect yeah interesting people um so they they start to introduce us to backstreet boys to nsync um no (laughs) so (laughs) listen so (laughs) i've got it written down here why did they play a backstreet boys song the whole way through telling us the story of nsync's inception yeah. Now, now this this ties into what I became obsessed with on this episode. Over to you, my friend. Because I think they don't actually know which band is which. Whoever has made this mm-hmm. <laughs> Because the guy, now I'm unsure of what guy does this quote, by the way, but he said the end NSYNC 
were like the boys next door. I've written this quote down. And BSB mm-hmm. were like darker, state like stylistically, mm-hmm. stylistically. So then I instantly had to pause the documentary because I thought because it sounded crazy. That's crazy. I'm like, I'm sorry. I have never seen Backstreet Boys wear black. Like in my puff, I don't remember Backstreet Boys wearing because that that's what he basically no. said he was like they, they were taken much more seriously they wore all black and i was like no they didn't like no they absolutely did not no. right and they then colorful like, kind of baseball shirts right exactly but then he was like yeah and sync they were much more boys next door they were wearing all like the sports tops and like the baggy jeans and stuff and i was like no that was literally backstreet boys <laughs> like, what the hell so then then so obviously i paused the documentary and i had to build up an evidence file she oh, oh boy did she build an evidence file the my whatsapp it started hanging uncontrollably and i thought right either she's had a breakdown really early on plausible plausible or which actually is kind of what happened yeah. because it was just picture after picture after picture she was oh, like case in point here's backstreet boys here's them sing yeah. here's them dressed in color here's them dressed it they've literally got them around the wrong they've way, got them around the wrong like, way. So basically, essentially, I've, I've got low because I remember like from from being a kid, I was like, I, I, I love these bands, man. Right. I was always reading like, um like sm- they were always in smash hits and everything. And, you know, the posters were in it. Mm-hmm. And I remember them both wearing the kind of like the sports shirt, the big baggy sports shirts, like the big jeans, mm-hmm. bag trick, like gorgeous, the hair gel. It was beautiful beautiful moment both both bands looked like that so I was like you had an amazing quote where you were like man I miss not being able to tell what body type a guy has <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, no idea what their build was yeah. because it was just hidden under there's no mis- yeah like there's no mystery anymore like and <laughs> I just think that because I, I honestly I still find the baggy look like so hot because I just think there's something so like it, it, it makes you focus on like the personality because you have no idea like oh, chilled out yeah you have no idea what's going on they kind of don't care they're just really casual yeah, they don't and, want like, you to know they don't want Keeping you to know secret exactly which is fair oh. dues keep it under wraps so um yeah so i i google imaged extensively and basically what i found was my resulting evidence file which i will publish on the socials <laughs> <laughs> this is the private eyes office this is what this is the case you're slamming down on the know, table like i've got one of those like cork boards with like all the string like <laughs> it's brilliant um but like yeah so essentially what i discovered which i knew in my heart anyway because as soon as the guy mm-hmm. said that i was like no that's wrong was that all, all the pictures especially from the early days they're all wearing casual clothes they're all wearing the sports shirts like both bands and then it was actually NSYNC that started to do the more kind of muted colour thing. Because I found some mm-hmm. pictures of NSYNC wearing um, more like kind of muted browns or like black colour. And I, f- I found none of Backstreet Boys wearing that, apart yeah. from the album cover for Backstreet's Back, I think, where they all have like black with the kind of white jackets. But that is as close as we got. Well, whoever this guy that's had this quote that's originated this whole thing is, the, maybe that's all he saw. Then maybe that's all he knew. <laughs> boys, they were a band. <laughs> yeah, that was that was his own that was his only evidence. Yeah, was the cover he's of clearly not a cycle like me that goes down like that nineties and noughties <laughs> fashion rant holes every day of their life. Friend, quarantine's made it acceptable. Just go with it. Totally. I can't wait till we do the fashion episode where I can bring back some classic fashioning uh, fashion victim oh, of the week. Me neither. 
Luke's from Inquirer, National Inquirer. Yeah. Love and it. this is also when we start to see in the documentary kind of this weird, like, dramatic reconstruction, like, as a kind of... So they yes. don't use... They use footage of the boys performing, but in addition to that, they use... The like, backs of boys that have got curtains here. <laughs> yeah, like, so for, like, kind of transitions, they have, like, this fictional boy band doing a slow-motion choreographed yeah. dance in a weird... And you see the backs of their the heads. to the camera. Yeah. So and they're it... kind of, like, this faceless entity. Man, mm. faceless entity would be a great name for a boy band. Right? Or, like, a band. And they just all yeah. wear baggy clothes, and even, like, the front of their face Hands is, like... like in the air. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, like, Sia. It's like Sia, like the front of their face is actually the back of their head still. Oh, no. <laughs> I love Sia. So do I. I'm for Sia. I'm not coming for Sia. Sia's doing that thing that I'm talking about. She's she's doing not appearance-based because she's, you know, like yes. like like we were talking about with the baggy clothes. See, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. I appreciate the it. The mystique of it. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Yeah. So, yeah, we've got those weird transitions and we get a bit more of Lou's uh, history as well. Mm-hmm. Um, now, at this point, I did find him kind of endearing. And I, I get that. Of, I want a world where dudes are just allowed to be nerdy and super into aviation and no one cares. Like, yeah. I feel like his thirst for money and acceptance um, totally made stem. him go down a path he yeah. maybe wouldn't have taken had he been more well-adjusted. Yeah, it stems from, it stems from the fact that he, like, was disliked and had like no friends and like when they yeah, were just and this was were... his way of gaining attention <laughs> but you know you could tell like there's little bits of um that you you see clips of him well it's not clips of him again it's this weird dramatic reconstruction thing that they keep doing yeah. um where it's like the back of a wee boy's head like sketching blimps and stuff and i'm like oh, wow I, we I need more kids like that that can yeah. just be like that I, I hope when we come out of quarantine, there's been like hundreds of wee boys sketching blimps and planning on their own airline companies. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, but like, I think that's the thing. Can't like... fly or go anywhere at the moment. But <laughs> it's the dream. It's the dream. The future. Yeah, yeah. I, but I think that it is a lot more accepting now, which is so good. Because like, so even when I think back to like my own like oh, like high school and childhood experience, yeah, what to, like, you were aspiring aspiring to. Yeah, yeah. compared to like what i mean obviously there's the added pressure of social media now which which we didn't have um mm, in our use yeah. which i which i totally get but i feel like in general like kids are so much more accepting of yeah all the, all the kind of different been... interests that people have which is so nice yeah. to see it's so so nice to see yeah there's a lot more active encouragement for them yep. to pursue their own thing that they want to be and you yeah. might get i'm not saying bullying or mm. teasing or stuff like that doesn't still exist of, of course it does i think that's just an inherent part of growing up but there's yeah. certainly more acceptance now that if you want to you know create your own airline company and probably yeah you know not no, gonna, totally you're is. gonna feel like you can do that and yeah yeah mm-hmm. not have to make money and start boy bands but baloo does he decides yeah. that he wants to get loads of money and start some boy bands um so we have stories of where he used to make the boy bands rehearse yes which was in, crazy. Um, air hangers. The hangers? <laughs> I was like, okay. In unbearable heat, apparently. Yeah. We, yeah, we we love that. I was like, and at this point, yeah, we have a lovely visual cue of the faceless entity boy band yeah. um doing slow motion dancing with beads of sweat. Yeah, like, like dancing their hearts. Slow there. motion, just to let us know how roasting it was in the yeah, air I hangers. Can imagine? Because it, and thinking Backstreet Boys were rehearsing. Yeah. 
because it was in Orlando. So yeah, this is Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, so it was really hot. It was really, really hot. Really hot. So we start start to see shots of Lou hanging out with the bands, hanging out with their family. Mm-hmm. And there's this kind of almost like, as I say, quite a sweet community that starts to yeah. be formed. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. And, you know, you see them going out to dinner. Lou appears to be paying for everything and just treating them and, mm-hmm. and getting to know them. Do At one point they call him Big Popper, Big though, Popper. or did I imagine that? That is what they call him, isn't it? They call him Big Pop, and that bit really, really started me to go down a bad road. I didn't like that at all. No, I wish they hadn't. Again, at this point, I was still trying to suspend that part of my brain that was wanting to go down a weird route. I was like, right, okay, that could have been innocent. Yeah, because because in the same breath that they say that, they use the sort of, you know, because a lot of these these young guys... um, didn't either, either didn't have father figures in their life or like mm-hmm. um, they, they spoke they spoke about how kevin from backstreet boys had just recently lost mm-hmm. his father and that yeah that lou apparently was very supportive towards him through that time young. yeah yeah so yeah so it at, the, at this point again there's no yeah. cues to tell you that it was untoward you're being kind yeah. of just like led to believe that everything was was lovely and they were having a great time they were working really hard yeah. you know what they were learning to sing and dance without getting out of breath and yeah. and seemed to be you know a group of talented boys really going for it yeah um although we do kind of start to see the first kind of hint that all is not well is when you see <laughs> the rivalry between oh, backstreet yeah. boys and mm-hmm. nsync emerging yeah. And there's the suggestion that this competition was actually kind of managed yeah. by, Lou by Lou and by the powers that the be from within. Yeah. As if, like, he was being like, oh, by the way, like, so if NSYNC were in the room, he was like, oh, by the way, did you hear that Backstreet Boys, like, did it, did it, did And then he would do the same thing to Backstreet Boys. And he'd, like, yeah, cut them up behind weird. their back. And I was like, oh. And also, yeah, and then from what I remember, so did did um, Backstreet Boys turn down an opportunity that NSYNC jumped on? Yeah, so they turned down. I think it was like um, with like MTV or something. It was like it was like a recorded performance. TRL or something. TRL or MTV, one of those. And um, basically, it was, it was like a recorded concert performance. And um, mm-hmm. basically, Backstreet Boys had been touring so much that they were like, "We need a break. Like, we don't want to do this." Mm-hmm. And then NSYNC jumped on it. And it became like the most popular like thing of that year, yeah. yeah. And they generated their own little fan base. I have to say, like, I, I kept trying to think, oh, was I more Backstreet Boys? Mm-hmm. Was I more NSYNC? And I think yeah. I loved them both equally. Me there was too. some key. I think Backstreet Boys had more in the way of longevity, yeah. and they they continued. They mm-hmm. were quite consistent in the hits yeah. that they created. But NSYNC had some absolute yeah. bangers, which we're gonna go uh-huh. into later. Yes, on. yes. Um, My my, my viewpoint was that Backstreet Boys, I think, made more of an effort to be a more harmony-driven band where, mm-hmm. where, where more members were given a share of the vocals. Whereas mm-hmm. in Back to Steps again. Yeah, Back to Steps again. Whereas like in NSYNC... Steps could have learned something from Backstreet Boys. Yeah, they could have. Whereas like NSYNC, I feel like, sorry to say, 
but Big JC Shazay and Justin Timberlake were the H and Claire of the group. They were getting all the main vocals. A little bit, yeah. Right? But, <laughs> totally. But great. So they had so many bops though. Like I, I love them both. That's why, like, because I actually, I actually like wrote down a quote that was like, "Oh, well, you know, when Coke exists." So, so he was basically saying that Backstreet Boys were Coke. Like Pepsi has to come along, so he was comparing NSYNC to Pepsi, and I was like, "Listen, listen, pal. See if I want to get a big Pepsi drinker at one <laughs> I know. point." And he was like, "Oh, but you can't." Yeah, and he was like, "Oh, but you can't ever like both." And I'm like, "Sir, excuse me, but we can." And also, number one, sir, excuse me, yes, we can. We can drink whatever we want. And second of all, <laughs> if you're going to go down a drink-based analogy, make it as good as mine, where you compare it to Horlicks and Red Bull. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll get a sponsorship out of it in no time. Exactly. So it went wrong. Yeah, what are you doing with your Coke and Pepsi rubbish? Get out of here. <laughs> you know, talk about comparing things to things. I've actually just realised I've got a note here. Um, why is Lou Perlman Philip Seymour Hoffman? <laughs> like, and I think there was genuinely moments all the way through this where I was like, was this filmed when, you know... R.I.P. Philip Seymour Hoffman, one of the most amazing actors of recent years. Was this filmed when he was still alive and Lou Perlman just doesn't exist? <laughs> it's a man It's the spinal tap of the pop industry. It's just yeah. a whole big, like... Mate, I, I honestly... Just... <laughs> I never noticed that and then I can't unsee it. Mm. Can't Very see much it. like Philip Seymour. Like, he'd spookily like Philip Seymour Hoffman. Like, he could have done a film on the guy's life. It's so strange. Oh, God. Um, but, yeah, getting back on track. So Sorry. The, <laughs> the boy bands start to... They're selling out arenas. Mm-hmm. Um, and they get their first paycheck. And it's $10,000. Oh, this bit made me so sad and uncomfortable. No here's the thing though it is it's nothing like if they're selling out arenas all the rest of it yeah. of course ten thousand dollars when they did a lot of money when they did the comparison like the comparison bar chart where they showed you what a starbucks employee or something would earn yeah. and what they earned in a year i was like oh it is quite hell. shocking of course it's shocking yeah. now there's always going to be the argument that footballers and entertainers no, and all of, of that yeah get paid uh you know exorbitant mm. amount for, yeah. for what it is they Ridiculous. do and that's yeah. a debate that i don't really want to be a part of no. i can see i can see it potentially both sides yeah and i think course. there's more of a problem with distribution of wealth in general yes. like all over the I world um, and that's part of it mm-hmm. but it, it, yeah having them having them the little kind of bar chart where it showed you a server yeah. and then it showed you somebody dancing like a wee uh-huh. pop dancer in the yeah. other part of the bar chart is, and it was like here's so... what we we're earning here's what yeah. they were earning like, like like not that I'm saying that like because obviously that's like pure worked in like um retail for like 10 years and not not that I'm saying like retail workers oh, it's atrocious. And, like, yeah and baristas don't get underpaid as well because of course they do but like like what I'm saying is like did you have to dance for 18 hours and like a 50 degree hanger in an air hanger in Orlando yeah <laughs> No. Yeah, but I get it. So, you know, in terms of what pop stars should potentially have been making, it yeah. was way under what it should have been. Yeah. So all is not well. Um, but JC Chazes's uncle, yeah, yeah, his uncle lawyer, he's coming to the rescue. And I love later on. This isn't JC's uncle lawyer this is um this is Lou's own lawyer I'm going to be talking about here I thought you were going to say someone else's uncle lawyer and I'm like how many uncle lawyers are 
getting the oh, worst case of diarrhea right now. No, but Lou Perlman's own lawyer. Yes. It's later revealed that his name was Cheney Mason. <laughs> that mean Perry Mason? He's he was literally <laughs> christened into a profession with that oh. name. That's amazing. That was his destiny. Ooh. I love that that's this guy's name. That is so cool. Um, so yeah, JC Chazez, his uncle lawyer comes to the rescue and I think it emerges that there's been things going on like, like so he's going through contracts and looking yeah. at things. And did it not come out that they'd actually paid for all their own expenses without knowing about it? Dude, they'd paid for all of those meals. Like all the meals that he treated them to. He was like, ha, this has come out of your paychecks, lads. Saws. I'm like, what? So understandably, they confront Lou about it. Yeah. And he's pretty cold. He goes from being the kind of cuddly father figure to being pretty cold about it. And um, the jolly family, familial exterior is shattered pretty quickly. Um, And you have a shot of Lance Bass's Mm mum talking about how she felt like at that point, they were like, who is this guy? Who is he really? Um, yeah, and to me, you know, I started to think about this. That yeah, this is a case, classic case of fractured identity. I, I don't think he knew who he was, and no. his what inconsistent behaviour yeah. was an offshoot of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he was a dude that was starving for the acceptance he'd never had, and he was trying to fill that void with money. And then yeah, anybody like that he had to screw over to get that. Yes, yeah. yeah, you know. So we then start to go into Lou's kind of strange upbringing and history <laughs> with money-making schemes. Natalie's laughing because she's, again, I'm going to be handing her the reins on this one because, and I, and I do have a clip as well. No, sorry, um, like, I'm laughing because, I'm laughing because, not because of, like, a super sad, like, lonely childhood, by the way. I'm no, laughing no. because... The only time that I took extensive notes was for ridiculous parts of this. Like, so we had the fashion expose mm-hmm. where I had to where I had to prove that NSYNC were actually the more muted color palette mm-hmm. band for some reason. I feel like I had to yep. prove that to myself and others. Mm-hmm. We then, Valid. yeah, we, we, I then took extensive notes on the Dunkin' Donut paper round pyramid scheme. Uh, I've got a clip for you. Should we have the clip first <laughs> yes, and then dive please. in? Yeah, please have the clip. Please have the clip. That's why I've underlined it. That's the heading, the topic heading. Okay, oh, here we go. Page. Lou always talked about himself as this like child prodigy of business, you know, and he would always tell this story as an example of his like entrepreneurial genius at a young age that he had this paper route that started with this kid, David who he went to work for. I had a great paper out. It was the New York Post, probably 100 papers a day. And if you were lucky, you got some tips. So maybe you made $15 a week. The story continues on that David wants to get out of the paper route. And so he offers to sell to Lou for $500. So that's a lot of money for little Lou Perlman to come up with brilliant Lou Perlman decides that instead of buying just one paper route, he's going to get multiple paper routes. 
From there, he hires a whole team of newspaper delivery boys to set out delivering all these papers for him. He decides to take it another step and create this fully customized experience for each one of the customers. Finds out exactly how do they want the newspaper delivered. In, in the door, do they want it under the door? Do they want it under the mat? And he starts making these index cards cataloging exactly how each customer wants the newspaper delivered. He then decides to do something that's never been done before, do a deal with Dunkin' Donuts, so that customers can have their Sunday brunch delivered along with the Sunday paper. So now he's got this full-scale business of all these newsies in this conglomerate newspaper delivery service. Not only was he able to pay back the initial $500, with interest, but he also made this huge profit. Total bullshit. <laughs> so, <laughs> I have so much. What you? I have so much to say about, like, I basically, like, I ended up doing, like, a deep scene analysis of, like, everything was going on. Like, so first of all, we have like the completely irrelevant, like all I ever wanted. Yeah, completely irrelevant. Like, like what? Okay, so we have NSYNC. What's going on in the scene? Like, yeah, we have NSYNC blasting in the background for no reason. And I'm like, okay, I'm already here for it. Then, like, the way it's filmed, so it's the same as the sort of behind the head boy band thing we had earlier, but it's like behind the head of like a, a 13 year old, like, fake Lou Perlman child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like it's so amazing so they basically they film it so that we're looking at the back of his head and there's like a giant cork board in front of him kind of like <laughs> kind of like the string board that i have yeah. pictures of nsync and backstreet boys outfits <laughs> on now and like he has all these little cards and on it is like put paper under doormat for like yeah. x person and it's maximum so like, effect ma yep. so all of these like rows and rows and rows and i was like this is insane this is actually insane and then when it moves on to him like hiring all the other kids and it's like a fleet of like children <laughs> a fleet of children wearing converse and like dumping papers <laughs> on your doorstep <laughs> there's like 40 kids like running through this hallway <laughs> it's like so fantastic so good and then there's like one paper that's like tied up with ribbon and put behind the door handle and i'm like why would you want that to be your request like put paper why is that your preference why is that your preference and then so this was completely insane to me and i was just enjoying this whole thing i ended up rewinding it all and watching it's it like so elaborate it's so elaborate and then so i got totally sucked into it and then the bit as well so obviously he then like signed the deal with Dunkin Donuts right mm. and then now I took a bit allegedly. of offense yeah allegedly and I took a bit of offense to this when Ashley was like Sunday brunch I'm like who classes donuts as brunch where's the rest of my meal bro um me <laughs> no donut and a coffee that's the perfect brunch no brunch is like the full, something more the full deal brunch has to be at least three courses so like right. you have yeah so like you have like your smashed avo toast or whatever your scrambled Ooh, egg your, yeah like, like your, your smoked salmon however you choose to do it if you're veggie you know you can get some mushrooms in there oh yeah get, i was totally wrong yours sounds way better you know right so th that that can be like your first course and then you have like your pastry or your donut with your like coffee right. you know 
there needs okay. to be at least two or three layers to it so i was like Ashley, yeah i've not been out for brunch for ages oh, no, this i'm is... so sad that used to be my thing i'm quite happy do. with a donut and a coffee i know see like that used to be my thing that i would do all the time going out for brunch so that's why i got a wee bit like offended by it i was like ashley babes you weren't like, having you... it yeah ashley babes let me take you to brunch because you've clearly never been before so <laughs> you like this is ashley from old town right yeah ashley old town yeah. who i didn't know before this documentary he didn't know what brunch was now he does now he does you know and slide in at my dms if you want to go for brunch once you want once... to go for brunch when <laughs> yeah. the restrictions have lifted yeah once the pandemic is over um so yeah i just got totally wrapped up into this whole story and like ashley old town is telling it so beautifully and so detailed as if like he's been told this story like a million times and like the, just the cinematics of it is amazing and mm. then it just cuts right to the end to that dude and he's like yeah it was all bullshit <laughs> it didn't happen he's like he's like do you know how hard it is to sell a paper round he was like i didn't do that and i was like oh okay <laughs> so i think this is our first indication that lou wasn't always telling the truth about his child prodigy no. roots but where he was <laughs> telling the truth don't know if you remember this that so he was going about claiming that he was Art Garfunkel's cousin. Yes. No, I remember that part. I remember the bar mitzvah And it, story. it was kind of like, yeah. boy cried wolf, nobody was into it. He genuinely was. Yeah. And he came to his bar mitzvah. Yeah. And he, <laughs> he that that is where, you know, he pitches his tent. He's like, you know, if all else fails, definitely yeah. cousin to Art Garfunkel. Exactly. Um, I mean, I was always a fan of um, Paul Simon. I think Graceland's an absolutely <laughs> yeah. amazing yeah, album. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he, the fact that he hangs onto those credentials is pretty iconic. It, it is, is, isn't it? I, yeah. I love how you're like, I don't know if you remember this part, and I'm like, I remember everything from this documentary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, every time I just, just assume I remember it, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so things kind of start to unravel at this point. We have some kind of gnarly lawsuits. Yeah. Um, they take him to court. Checks are cut, um, and the band, uh, the bands, NSYNC and Backstreet Boys, cut their ties with Lou. Yeah. It's not the most dramatic story of our times, in all honesty. I mean, I think they really you know, skim over this. They're like, they yeah. do. Like, it's such an anticlimax. You know, band complains, they get paid slightly less than a restaurant worker, checks are cut. Yeah, like they go through the, they get they, the contract. They go through the contract, and like, well, you, you get to see screenshots basically of the contract with bits that are circled and all that. And apparently, mm-hmm. it was like a really insane contract that like nobody should ever yeah. have been signing. Like, you shouldn't have been signing, no. Oh, jeez. But it, it kind of, although it does, ins- apparently, it comes out that it did inspire one of the best pop songs of all time, Bye Bye Bye. That wasn't he written bye, about bye, a lassie, bye. like that had done them wrong. That exactly. was about a music producer that had done them yeah. wrong. And I love that. I love that too. But like, see on the Spotify, they try and tell you it's not. They're like, um, the song was actually written by these Swedish songwriters who had no idea about the Lou Perlman thing. And I'm like, be quiet. Wait, it's, it's about... I didn't read that. Did you not? See on, the, really? see, see on the Spotify, like, lyrics genius thing? Mm-hmm. Like, the, the so the things just come up while you're listening to the song. Um, by the way, talking about crapping where you're eating, we probably shouldn't be fact-checking Spotify right now. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, true. Spotify got it completely right. Bye 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 isn't about Lou Perlman mm-hmm. at all. Those Swedish songwriters had correct. no idea. They had no idea about Lou Perlman. Correct. Bye 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 is about a girl. 
but according to this documentary that song was inspired one yes. way or the other by what happened with the lawsuit yeah which is and hilarious the video, and amazing and i love it yeah because they basically say and sexy and the is it lance i think he says that basically like the whole no strings attached thing oh yeah yeah and he starts to them not being had... lose puppets anymore yeah like he had this thing about yeah uh, i think he'd remembered um who is it that sings that dusty springfield like a puppet on a string yeah. like there are no strings on me or something like yeah. he quotes another song when he's when he yeah. was, he said that they were coming up with yeah oh he says it, it. He, says Pino- he says it's a uh, pinocchio yeah, uh, that. yeah, that, yeah got, forget I've, the dusty springfield thing oh well, that's good though that. that's good like because he's like <laughs> the, the, i've got no strings He's like, yeah, because we don't we don't have any strings anymore. And I was like, that's actually so sick. Like, fair and, I, and yeah, and you can see that in the video. They're kind of mm-hmm. dancing about at the beginning of Bye 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 and they're having yeah. their strings cut and that. It's so cool. It's so good. Um, But Lou, he, he carries on um, with other acts. Yeah. He carries on making other bands do sweaty routines and air hangers. Yeah. He has a girl band that I confess I hadn't heard of no. called Innocence. They were the same as Old Town for me. I hadn't heard of them either. Mm-hmm. So that was the thing, LFO. I have heard of so them. They, LFO had that daft song about Abercrombie and Fetch and Chinese food making me with, sick. Yeah, Chinese food <laughs> making me sick, does he rhyme? By the way, absolutely, that song is, no one can tell me it isn't an absolute masterpiece of rhyme. The things that they choose to rhyme with each other in that song, I mean, Fetch and sick, yeah. So good. I mean, current, because I guess everybody, and it's probably still to this day, I think people knock about with Abercrombie and Fitch. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I need to, yeah, as as, as I've said did before, it, as, a, as a white girl that looks like she shops at Oxfam, I need to come to you for you to tell me what brands I mean, are. <laughs> no, I definitely don't shop in places like Abercrombie and Fitch and Hollister, let me tell you. And also, by not the way, nothing scene. wrong if you do shop yeah. at Oxfam, it's just, no. I, I have a very thrown together look. There's a lot of dungarees, a lot of florals, a lot of kind of weird stuff happening, um, so I don't feel well equipped to talk I, about anybody else's. No, same. I, I dress on a daily basis like how Mark Hoppus attended premieres with Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> Rightly so. Yeah. I love it. Um, so, yeah, the, he has an LFO, Innocence, um, an O-Town, of course. Mm-hmm. And um, then, just as you think that he's a nerdy loner who likes planes, the words massage and trained physiotherapist are mentioned. Mm, this is where I was and like, oh no. I was nearly making an out of hours call to my therapist. Yes, this part is where oh god, this part is bad. Real you bad. get a lot of talking heads um saying the usual I never personally witnessed mm-hmm. insert inappropriate behaviour here yeah. um myself. Of course you didn't. That's the yeah. whole point. Yeah. That's the whole point of grooming and child abuse. Yep. And inappropriate behaviour. It's not always going on in front of your very eyes. No. And Sometimes uh, it is hidden in plain sight a lot of the time. You yeah. won't know. You won't personally witness it because that's no. the point. No, exactly. So if we could just start believing victims immediately, then, that would be really that'd be nice. Great. Yeah, please yep. do that. One person that doesn't believe the victims was oh, Aaron Carter, so brother sad. of Nick Carter. Yeah, Aaron Carter makes me so sad. Like, oh, that poor guy. Yeah. Honestly. 
like I'm gonna if, play like if you want an example of what the pop machine does to do. someone like chewing someone up and spitting them out oh, yeah I mean I don't know enough of what happened to him personally I'm not talking about abuse or anything I'm just no, saying no, I don't no. have much of a I don't have a full picture of what he went through I, I don't I, I don't um, think anyone does to be honest because mm. I think there's well, I'm going to gonna play a clip yeah, and this kind of shows you his, the emotion that he expresses when he hears about um, yes. the allegations. Okay. My opinion of Lou being a sexual predator is that that is not true. That is so foul. He would come up to you and he'd teach you how to do push-ups. He taught me how to do diamond push-ups so I could build my chest. And he's a pedophile? Shut up about that, guys. I got to be really close. Yeah, you can tell he's he's not okay. Like poor yeah. guy. Like he's he's I don't know, he's had like a lot of addiction problems and things as well. Right, okay. Um and yeah, he's just he's not a well looking dude. Um yeah. it's such a shame. It really is. And like ugh. And from what you can tell, the exposure that he had to kind of being you know because obviously it was a sensation not only have you got nick carter you've got aaron carter you've got his yeah. little brother and he's really talented as well and here's you know and he was so young he was so young like i remember at the mm. time like being obsessed with um like i was obsessed with nick carter but i was obsessed with aaron carter as well um and he was, was he like 13 or something he was like 13 mm. or something when he was like first out and i was like that was so young so yeah young. Just a kid. So, so we the, the documentary doesn't give us uh, like um really any information, which I think is kind of unfair that the only kind of time you hear him talk is when he's emphatically defending Lou. Yeah. I don't like it's not really giving you a full picture to build on of, of what's gone in on in his life. No. But I think, I'm, you know, I'm reluctant to come down hard on him for for defending Lou and saying that all of these things didn't happen and they're and they're sick allegations because I I can tell from the way he's speaking that he he's been through some stuff and he's not maybe speaking yeah completely I, rationally. No, Is that I, fair to say yeah. that? I actually, I mean, obviously, like I'm I'm never going to put words in people's mouths. Like I obviously don't yeah. know what he's what he's been through, the full extent of what he's experienced, but. From the way he's coming across in his documentary, it made me feel as if like he definitely had knowledge or experience of the type of things that Lou Perlman okay may have did. Yeah. You know, and I, I just that that was the way it was coming across and the way that he was acting and and these yeah. interviews it was very so defensive that it it just seemed. Mm. you know yeah there, w- there was definite emotion behind that and that's yeah. why it made me feel uncomfortable but then it I did. thought I think it I think we should bring up I think we should talk about it to no, totally a certain extent um I think you can't watch this documentary and not bring it up because it's so no it's, su- it's, it's such a shift in tone when it happens it is it, yeah it, and that's yeah. the thing I mean that's what I'm talking about like the documentary does not lead you necessarily to this point you're no. kind of just thrown in and told to swim with it so yeah. to um, me there's yeah. like there's like almost four distinct sort of parts or tones to this whole thing mm-hmm. so like the beginning is like obviously like the, the kind of like the boy band segment where they're like um first coming onto the scene and like what um Lou did to um get those boy bands like out there and then like you've got Lou's past with the whole like Dunkin Donut pyramid scheme 
yeah i think like you literally go from that to this like finding out like yeah you literally go from that to a revelation that apparently lfo so one of the bands Mm -hmm. um that lou took on after NSYNC and Backstreet Boys, LFO were offered a make-or-break opportunity that if they let someone within the industry touch their genitals, mm-hmm. then they would make it big. And Lou apparently... So I think, is this coming from a second-hand story that the guy from O-Town, he's talking about an yeah. interview from the Howard Stern show? Yes. Am I right in that? Yeah. that yeah, one yeah, of, so are. one of the members of LFO had relayed this story to Howard Stern. Yeah. And apparently Lou Perlman had, had told them, don't worry, I'll help you get through it mentally. See this stuff that's coming out, honestly, right? Where did it even begin with that? Where did it begin? Like, I'm so, so shocking. It's so disgusting. Like I'm so glad that stuff like this has finally seen the light of day because it's so wrong how long it has yeah, been. Yeah, we do need up. to be talking about it completely. Yeah, it's so so wrong how long this kind of stuff has been hidden and almost hidden in plain sight sometimes. That's the most disgusting part. Um and of course that happens, yeah, but there's just it's... something that really irritates me when you cut to a load of talking heads going, Well, I never personally witnessed it. Yeah, I'm like, but we're not what? talking about your experiences. We're talking about the people who actually had stuff happen to them. Yeah. I just feel like comments like that lend more weight to you the do. whole it might not have happened. No, exactly. Like you just That's need to be useless. like useless. No, it's useless. It's like and also I'm like, okay, maybe it didn't maybe it didn't happen to you personally but like there's people that you know that are being interviewed right now that are telling you that it did happen mm-hmm. so like so what you're saying is kind of redundant yeah what you're saying that's you're, how i feel yeah i feel like they're invalidating they're invalidating them they're invalidating the victims they're validating them that that happened yeah you know and then you way- do yeah you also yeah. have a story one one of the one of the the girls from the band Innocence. I mean, I still can't get over that that was the name of the actual band. Oh, I know. It's gross. Man. There's a story that's told about how they were apparently videotaped in tanning beds, and the footage was then showed to the boy bands. Boy bands that was so gross. That were part that. of Lou's. Oh, like that part of me feels the so worst. sick. I was like, Ugh. that was yeah. a, that was that was where I started to struggle. I was like, I'm struggling to get through this now but that's good like i like that feeling because like if i'm struggling to watch it it's like a truth that i need you know like this is people's Mm. truths that are finally Mm. being told and they've had their mouths taped shut for years Mm. and i'm like i think i think the biggest problem with this documentary like you were saying it goes in so many many different directions it it pads in like it really stuffs in so much information about lou what he was involved in yeah that you're not able to kind of take a breath and digest what you're seeing you're literally thrown like from pillar to post yeah. with all of the things that that went on and you don't have time i mean no you don't have time to digest it it's a total emotional roller coaster like and yeah. i feel like this section could have been this section's actually really short um yeah and it's it's, it's kind of three quarters of the way through and mm-hmm. i'm like it's just a totally weird tonal shift shift, uh, shift. I, I would have maybe actually made this any two documentaries 
yeah. and kind of focused on this yeah and they more... could go on about it the way they did with finding yeah. neverland because whatever people's opinions are on that and what happened yeah. right Mm-hmm. you can't argue that it was it was well constructed you had the first episode that yep. had to set up so mm-hmm. this is what happened these boys went to this mansion and yep. this was the involvement with michael and the boys and michael and the family and the initial kind of set up mm-hmm. and then the second episode you're allowed to take that breath and yeah. then the second episode then goes into yeah some of the worst descriptions of Ugh. you know abuse i've ever heard i know but you're allowed to kind of yeah I think they, sh- they should have done that. For your brain with- to adjust to what it is you're yeah, seeing. Yeah, they-, they should have done that with this because, I, like, in my head, there's definitely four parts to this. So we're on, like, the third part right now. And the fourth part yeah. that um happens after this is when they go on to the, like, the Ponzi scheme. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, the, 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 four, the four points are almost completely unrelated to each other. It's, yes. You know? So they could have really yeah. made them into whole episodes on their own. And then we would have had time mm-hmm. and more time to digest it all because it's only like this whole documentary is like what like ninety minutes or something. Yeah, I mean, like it's a, it's a, total it's a lot to cram into yeah. that that space of time, definitely. Um, so we go kind of straight from the whole abuse thing to telling you what happened to Lou kind of later on. Yeah. So you know you're getting information like he bought a yogurt company, a pizza company, and apparently he bought the Chippendales. <laughs> I mean, we're laughing, but that's that's where you go in your journey of watching this documentary. I know, I mean, it's I like know. we're not we're not glossing over what no, happened. I'm, la- I'm that, laughing because but I'm that's actually... what the documentary does. No, I'm totally. That's what I mean. It just it just jumps from thing to thing, and I'm like, what is even happening in my <laughs> life? In my life in general, and in these people's lives, and oh god, it's, it's a lot. It's so um, much. His transcontinental brand apparently expands. Lou's scamming people left and right. There's yeah. loads of unhappy investors um so yeah like you say the boy band thing the boy band thing you can't tell Lou's story without mentioning it no it's impossible yeah but at the same time there's almost yeah I think like what you're saying is right they should have split it into parts because we then kind of hear what happened to the the investors and their families yeah um so Which it was essentially is... a ponzi scheme he was running yeah. so he was it was based on a completely fictional airline company so investors money were into this were being used to pay off earlier investors yeah. it was yeah. no airline company no and in fact actually i think you you were the nice <laughs> kind of thing that made you laugh about what you used for the so bad but like so his little pal motion of it yeah his little pal who like was into the whole blimp thing with him um he <laughs> and he had like model he had model planes like little two scale like whatever scale models i'm sorry i'm not a model person this i don't know what scale it was but it was basically like you know one one that you can hold in your hand he had a transcontinental um, toy sort of model, scale model. A toy plane. A toy plane, a transcontinental yeah. scale model. And Lou Perlman, because there's only two photographs, there's only two photographs used for transcontinental airline promotions. And it's a plane taking off and a plane in the sky, like kind of near an airport. And apparently Lou Perlman took this scale model and posed with it at an airport and like basically like cut his hand out so that his hand wasn't there 
And the plane wasn't even real. It was a scale model. These people were investing in a scale model. It's insane. Absolutely insane. Like the inventiveness that goes into all of that is almost admirable if you haven't just got to a part where all the massage stuff was going on. Yeah, and taking loads of people's money. (laughs) And taking loads of people's money, like negatively impacting like a lot of people's lives mm-hmm. yeah he was an all-round damaged shady guy he probably yeah. got away with stuff that isn't in this documentary oh, of course even. because even even the stuff that they're saying that he did do is like skimmed over mm. in like a 10 minute segment of the documentary yeah. like it's just crazy but he got arrested you know he was imprisoned for the the ponzi scheme and he he, he died in jail and that's kind of where the documentary leaves us. I know it's <laughs> you know, like the, yes, kind uh... of another kind of round of talking heads saying that you know how they feel they were used, and uh, I mean, do you know this is a strange one because obviously all the stuff just now that's coming out about Brittany, yes, and her dad. You know that there's people that these bands did eventually manage to get out of their contract with Lou, yeah. and do different things with their lives and and all of that and their yeah. careers mm-hmm. there's people that are literally still tied to weird situations with their mm-hmm. management you know you've got kesha you've got britney mm-hmm. those are the stories that i want to hear about now and of course yeah. there is the britney documentary that apparently we can't see in the uk yet yeah what's that about it. yeah um you got something against the uk you yeah don't, you don't want us to hear something the against this podcast yeah. frightened we might cover it in Butcher it. <laughs> yeah. We literally that at the same time. No, do you know what? No. <laughs> listen, listen. I think that we would do it pretty good. I think we would do it pretty well. I hope we got we get the chance to. I mean, I certainly, it would be the first time we'd ever covered a documentary that was pertaining to anything that had happened in recent years. <laughs> <laughs> I actually love Which would that. be nice, but it is a nostalgia it's podcast. Still nostalgia. Exactly, exactly. We we would still be on brand, but just becoming slightly more relevant not that we're not relevant for the first time in our lives (laughs) (laughs) um i have for my final note i have written down that the documentary closes with a live lounge-esque cover of tearing up my heart yes yes we can't get away from it we cannot get please no we can't get away from the live lounge it's chasing us beautiful young woman beautiful voice Sings uh, it very sweetly, yeah. but it's but I would have been fine with it. Very bland, yeah. very we're in the live lounge, we're gonna do acoustic. I got really annoyed and just put my headphones on and listened to the original because tearing up my yeah. heart's a great song. It's so good. That is one of NSYNC's bops. Mm-hmm. That that dirty pop, dirty pop, so good. Like <laughs> there's just got so many like <laughs> anytime Justin Timberlake aggressively sings bye, but it's a fat mood. It's a fat well, mood. That's my favourite. We have got a little something lined up. Mm-hmm. We recorded ahead of time a little comment a section treat. reading of I Want You Back. <laughs> we debated whether to include it in the show because we knew the direction the documentary would take, but we feel like he's probably need a bit of light relief. Yeah, because we've so all been on that emotional rollercoaster. Yeah, Um but yeah, in, in all seriousness, we 
we would like to hear what your opinions were if yeah. you watched the documentary at the time or if you yeah. rewatched it. And I highly recommend that everyone does watch it because it's, it's only ninety minutes, but it's a good part of yeah. history. It's it's good that it exists and shows you things that were going on that you might have suspected yeah. but not fully yeah. had details about. Yeah, and still um, still anything. are going on. Yeah, because this yeah. totally links in with the the yeah. new Britney documentary. It really does. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um be interesting to see what what comes out but yeah we would we'd really like you know any feedback you want to give us on stuff you think we've missed or we should have talked about or yep. if you agree with us or disagree with us then that's cool anything we've said we've just kind of we've given it done the best we can with with what we had and mm-hmm. yeah we, like, we, we would like to talk about it yeah like we're pretty open honest people like we try and do like the opposite of bad music journalism <laughs> <laughs> if your branding this is dot is you know journalism then i think this is what journalism um, should be i think the main issue that i have with journalism is that it isn't I'm like sweating this. even at the thought that someone might think like because at one point i did want to be a journalist that's the thing the and then same. i came i, wanted to I looked at the industry the... and went i don't think i want to be part of that no, i, I want you to become part i don't of think the... i'll be able Sleep at night. No, I wanted to become part of the dirty pop machine, and I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. I literally don't know why. Like, oh, hey, let's exploit people's lives for other people's entertainment. No, why no, would we do that? Not. Yeah, no. like, like, oh, hey, I'm here to interview you for your for your music, <laughs> but. But like, what's going on with your relationship right now? <laughs> journalism's, but that's the point. Journalism's really important. We should have it, but yeah, there's, but there's almost good. nothing worse no. than terrible exploitative journalism. No. And you know, so I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna make a podcast instead. Exactly, and isn't it just better? Isn't this just better than anything we could have created as a journalist? One hundred percent. Certainly better than anything that happened to either of us in 2020. But you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like that guys quarantine, that quarantine life though yeah we're we're on the home stretch guys let's like, keep going let's let's keep going keep fighting keep take staying strength. positive um take strength and nostalgia this is helping us stay yeah. stay positive and not be so we're appreciative of it yeah and we're appreciative for you guys anybody that listens to us rambling on for hours on end about stuff we, we love you we're thankful for you I know. um and uh we'll see you next week yeah thanks for listening guys Love y'all. Love Bye-bye. y'all. Ciao, Bye. ciao. Bye bye. begin <laughs> shall we begin at the top i think we should i think that's the only sensible place not that there's much sense in this whole production but let's go with it no <laughs> i mean you get the gist pretty quickly if you're watching along at home guys they're in space there's crazy dancing going on there's a pixelated woman that does not want to be had back <laughs> So she's like crying out for help and they're just too busy doing like a synchronized dance routine to even care. Yeah, they seem way more interested in each other's company <laughs> than they do in hers. Yeah.
know, <laughs> people think that there's undertones of homoeroticism in boy band videos. I would say there are more overtones in this one, and I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm fine. Totally fine Perfect. with that, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. You enjoy your company. Each other's company. Okay, we're scrolling past NSYNC merch. Add a public comment. Maybe later. Maybe la- maybe after this. Maybe we'll add our own. <laughs> I always love comments that have got a timestamp. <laughs> so we've got Heath N from four months ago. Girls locker room. Boys only think about one thing. They're gross. Boys locker room. Two minutes forty three. Just out of interest, what is two minutes forty three? Two minutes forty three is the jumping spaghetti arm dance. <laughs> Ah, what's that got to do with being in locker rooms? I guess because we're just all like doing stupid things together, like that you think they're just like talking about like really inappropriate things, like talking about girls, and they're actually not at all. And actually, they're doing the spaghetti dance. (laughs) Boys, if we've got any male listeners, I mean, the anchor demographics tell me we have tell us we have many male male listeners. Yeah, tell us that the male listeners tell us locker rooms fellas are they really like that do you do spaghetti arm dances or yeah please slide into the dms virginia noon or no one i'm gonna say no one it sounds sounds cool yeah yeah four months ago i cry laugh every time i watch this video and then all in caps guys stop doing spaghetti arms and help your girlfriend she can't stop teleporting she literally can't she just keeps disappearing and it disappears she lives for teleporting she does oh my gosh that's what you're doing down there you're not even in the shop we're reading the replies to virginia no one's comment um totally not mary from three months ago has replied to this comment with all in caps spaghetti arms and then about 50 like death head emojis amazing it's the best part of the video i would say yeah <laughs> yeah christina weevil <laughs> would um agree with you from one week ago from one week ago now i've turned into a cockney for some reason from one week ago now that's all i see and i am dying three laughing faces <laughs> <laughs> Casey, Casey Dia is that a play on words of quesadilla? That's a good like name. Food? Yeah, yeah. Casey Dia, twenty-two. They need to stop dancing and help the poor woman who keeps dematerializing all over the ship, clearly begging for the help. They'll stop. But like, are they on a ship? Like, this is what confuses me. So when you zoom out, there's like a really bad CG computer graphic of them being in like a pod thing that's like on a planet but then at the end they're like spinning around in space so i'm like what where (laughs) what like (laughs) it's super hard to pin down exactly where they are in time and space yeah i mean they're above it's like it's like those kind of like non-specific kind of space-time graphics yeah i'd be interested to know what movie was out around this time because often music videos were very influenced yeah. You know, you would have had... When did Armageddon come out? Even That was like 99 or something. So yeah, you could be right. Um, when was that 99. like really, really bad film that had... Um... Armageddon? <laughs> well, that's really bad. But it's like, it's like really, really bad. It's got um, Matt LeBlanc in it. Oh, oh wait. Lost you know... in Space? 
that was a film? Yeah. Is yeah. it Lost in Space? It might be, by the way. Is that the one I'm talking about? I'll, I need to Google wow. to find out. We need fact check, but yeah. I like this. Alyssa Arellano from seven months ago edited. She edited this comment. She was serious about Ooh. it. Um, JC deserved to become a big star. He's a really amazing singer. So, there's a part of me that thought she was talking about Jesus Christ, and I got really excited. But I <laughs> not our Lord JC, JC Shazzy, Shazes, 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 Shazes. Let's call the whole thing off. I also love Chelsea Lynn because it's like a follow-on from that. She's like, I'm beginning to think that Lance, Chris, and Joey were just the hype boys to JC and Justin. JC and Justin, I cannot read JC without thinking of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Let's see if anyone else. There's nobody else that, yeah, they all just shorthand it. They all just call him JC. Nobody else thinks it's Jesus Christ or apart from me. <laughs> what does that say? But <laughs> uh, I do see another comment. Do you know? Do you know? It's a funny thing. Do you ever do this? Have you ever left a comment on YouTube and um, it doesn't immediately show up, and you think that you haven't posted it, so you post it again, and you end yeah. up with three different versions? <laughs> but you can never remember what you exactly said the first time round. So it's so there's somebody there's like three variations of the same sentiment. Yeah, it's like to whoever liked my comment, thank you, I appreciate you. And then she's obviously gone. Oh damn it, it's not uploaded. Um, <laughs> thank you to whoever liked my comment. I appreciate you. <laughs> just have to thank you now she took the thank you out she was like we don't need that yeah i'm surprised there's not another one that just says i appreciate you <laughs> whoever you are oh gosh oh wow <laughs> mute, mute mute stingray. Stingray. <laughs> these are absolutely amazing names you're killing it on the names front guys Mute Stingray from seven months ago. This video just screams in inverted commas designed for the European market. And it was. <laughs> it has got a Eurovision <laughs> feel about it. I like that. And like we like we like lapped this stuff up, man. We lapped up the American boy bands. Mm. We also lapped up a lot of Link's body spray as we I think did. is revealed in your favorite comment. This is my oh, favorite okay. comment from Ace. Ace, just all caps, Ace. If Axe Body Spray was a boy band, it would be this. <laughs> now, is Axe, is that like the American version of Lynx? Or yeah. Was that a, yeah. I think that, I, th I don't know. I think they also have Lynx as well, but Axe is pretty much just like Lynx in another form. It's like the basic right. kind of, the basic every boy's, like every teen boy's deodorant. <laughs> right. For me, it was always, um, you know, having a wee kiss with someone and getting like, mouthful of Lynx Africa yeah there was like it's weird how scents like that just take you back like the nostalgia oh. of it all hair yeah, gel go. hair gel for me obviously <laughs> trying to take me back and I'm trying to not go <laughs> no exactly hair gel it's for very me, much like... like the woman in the video itself <laughs> it just keeps dematerializing yeah every time I get a whiff of Lynx Africa I'm like just start discombobulating left oh. and right god no i think there's something kind of sweet about it i don't know how to describe it but there is what links africa yeah like because the, the smell brings back like those kind of first crush memories and some of they weren't all bad they weren't all bad mm. you know there's a kind of sweet innocence to them those first crushes yeah, definitely very sweet <laughs> yeah. <I'm> just nodding <laughs> <What>? furiously 